You are listening to an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel, York Region. For more information, visit harvestyorkregion.ca. Well, good morning. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Psalm 23. Psalm 23, as we continue in our series, God in Control, this morning's message is entitled, Rest for the Weary. Rest for the Weary. Anybody got that feeling going on this weekend? You feeling a little bit wearied? A little bit tired? Uh, Maybe the load you've been carrying is just too much for you. And uh, you're just like, if I don't find some rest, I think I'm going to collapse. Um, We all get like that from time to time through circumstances of life, things that uh, come on us that are maybe beyond our control. Um, Maybe things that we've caused on ourselves and we just find ourselves tired and exhausted and in over our head and... um, David, as he's writing Psalm 23, he deals with this for us. He helps us to understand some of the, uh, the principles that are needed for us, some of the things we wrestle through, some of the struggles that we have, and that the Lord provides for his children. He provides rest. So I trust you've got your Bibles open to Psalm 23. Let's stand together. I'm going to read this great psalm to you. You follow as I read. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Lord God, this is your word. This is not just a cute poem that David wrote. It's an amazing thing he wrote. But God, more than that, it's your word. It's the very word that you protected and passed down from generation to generation so that we would have it today that we could search it out and understand it. And Lord, there's some things for us to learn today as sheep, as sheep that struggle and sheep that wrestle and sheep that grow tired and weary. And and Lord, our rest is found in you. So Lord, would you lead us through your word today? Would you give us ears to hear your word, minds, God, that we would understand it? But then, Lord, hearts that would come under conviction or hearts that would be challenged or hearts that would be spurred on. Father, as we listen to it, take your word, use it in a way that we would leave this place saying, look what the Lord has done. And we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You can take your seats. I'm gonna dive kind of right into this text and... um, It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. If you're like me, we've we've heard this psalm over and over again all of our lives, and it almost becomes almost like a little nursery rhyme for us. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. And and it's kind of like, la, 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 la. Mary had a little lamb, its fleece was white as snow. It's not like that. This psalm isn't really like that at all. Just go back and look at it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me 
beside the still waters. God is preeminent and God is active in this psalm. And so it isn't some Mary had a little lamb story that's going on. Uh, This is what David had learned, what he had wrestled through as a shepherd, as a king. And looking back, he's remembering what it meant to be a shepherd and how God has led him and how God has directed him. And so today we're looking at verse two. He makes me lie down in green, green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. So here's the first thing I want you to see. I need to lie down. I need to lie down. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Point number one under that is um, I don't want to. I don't want to lie down. I want to be in control of my life. I want to determine my destiny. I want to determine how things are going to work out. I want to be the one who's in control because if I let go, I've got to let go of my my, um I got to let go of all of it to somebody or something. And hey, what we're going to learn today is he makes me lie down, but I don't want to lie down. Uh, Sheep do not like to lay down. Uh, Here's a project for you this afternoon when you get home. Get on your computer, go to Google, type in the word sheep, and then go to images. And you look at them and 99% of the sheep are going to be standing up If you uh, Google cows and look at images, they'll be laying down all over the place. And if you um, Google pigs, you might actually have a hard time finding one that's standing up. But not when you Google sheep. I did it this week. And most of them, the great majority of them are standing because sheep don't like to lay down. They're always too frantic about what's going on. They're always too bothered about what's going on. And they're a lot like us that way. We don't want to stop. We don't want to lay down. We got to figure it out. We've got to do it. We got to get it. Except the word says, he makes me lie down. Now we're going to see in just a minute what the shepherd's responsibility was to make it as beautiful as possible to lie down. But there were lots of reasons why sheep won't lay down. One of them would be if there was a a sense of of friction in the the, uh, flock. If there was a sense of who's who at the zoo. And there's a power struggle going on. So call it jealousy if you want. And and so when all that's going on and all that pressure's going on, they won't lay down. They get all frenzied and they're all running around and they're all scurrying and nobody's laying down. If they're being tormented, they won't lay down. If there are ticks or fleas or flies buzzing around them, they're all bothered by it and they won't lay down. If they're hungry, they won't lay down. And they're wandering around and they're, they're looking for something and they won't lay down. If they're afraid, if there's fear, they won't lay down. Uh, Tied to that, if there's a lack of security or a lack of safety, when the shepherd's not there, they tend to scurry around because something's wrong. They won't lay down. Psalm 4 and verse 8 says, In peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me to dwell in safety. He makes me lie down in green pastures. I don't want to lie down. And we're not that different from the sheep. 
When there's stuff going on in our lives that cause us to be in a frenzy or, or we don't have our supplies met as we think they should be met or, or there's a sense of insecurity or a lack of sense of safety and, and there I'm going there, I'm scurrying around because I got to get this fixed, I got to get this made right and I'm not going to lay down. Except here's what the text says. He makes me lie down. He makes me lie down. That's the second point. Sounds a bit harsh. You're not going to lay down? I'll make you lay down. You don't think you need to lay down? I'll show you you need to lay down. He makes me lie down. I, it's it's kind of harsh, it seems, but um, I love it. It's, it's kind of like the picture of um, the little child who's one year old, and they've just learned how to stand up. And um, you take them and put them down for their nap in their crib. And before you turn around, they're standing up at the side of the crib, and you're going, lay down. You need a nap. And I need a nap. <laughs> and they won't lay down. And so, well, you're bigger than them. So eventually you just take them and you kind of boom, down. And you're going to lay down. And uh, you go out the door and, and you turn around. And you look around and they are standing there again. And you're, uh, you go back in and you go boom. And you put your hand on their back because they're going to lay down. Because at the end of the afternoon, somebody's getting a nap. And you're pretty sure you're one of those people. And so you put your hand on their shoulder and you hold them and they scream and they cough and they sputter, but, but you know they're tired. You know they need to lay down. And, and so that, and then you start to rub their back and eventually they give in and they fall asleep because they need to lay down. But I don't want to lay down. He makes me lay down. You've watched the child in the back seat of the car who's overtired and cranky and squawking and... And their head is just like, their eyes are rolling around in their head and they're doing everything they can not to fall asleep. Or the little kid who's sitting at the dinner table who's about to fall face first into their spaghetti because they're so tired. And they're like, oh, I'm not going to sleep. No, you need to have, no, I'm not tired. I don't want to go to sleep. You need to lay down. No, 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 I don't need to, I'm three now. I don't need to lay down anymore. That's like us. And God's word says, um, he makes me lie down. Sometimes when we act like four-year-olds, the Lord's like, you know what? You're going to lay down. You need to lie down. There are some reasons that we need to lay down. There are some things that God does sometimes in uh, making us lie down. I love uh, Psalm 62, 5. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. Our rest, our hope, all that we have is in God and in the Lord Jesus Christ and all that he has accomplished for us. And so when God says to you, you need to lay down, you need to lay down for his glory and you need to lay down for your good. That's why God wants you to lay down, for his glory and for your good. Well, I don't want to lay down. Well, Sometimes he makes you lie down. You get tired. You're not thinking straight anymore. Um, here's a great verse. Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 to 30. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. And what? I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Sometimes when we get overtired, if we won't lay down, the Lord has to come and go, you're going to lay down. Sometimes that comes through sickness. 
You don't take care of yourself. You've been burning the candle at both ends. And you start to get sick. And then you're like, oh, no, now I'm really going to be a trooper. Now I'm not going to lay down. There's no way. I can't stop. And so I'm going to keep on going. And, and then you get sicker and sicker and sicker. And, and then you found that day when you couldn't even get out of bed. And your green pasture looked a lot like your bed for a couple of days. And the Lord said, enough. It's time to lay down. It can happen through sickness. It can happen through injury. For me, my green pasture for a while looked like a lot like a hospital bed. Um, when, I, when I broke my ankle playing hockey, I was in the hospital for a week and then off my ankle for weeks and weeks, a number of months I was off. And I needed to lay down. I wasn't sure why when all of that was going on, but by the time it was over, I understood what God was teaching me. And what he was teaching me was, was this. I needed to learn the lesson that God can do it even if I'm not there. See, I thought it was about me. I was running this conference center and it's March and it's a busy time getting ready for the summer and, and we're just going like mad dogs to try and make sure everything's getting in place and all of a sudden I'm in a hospital bed for a week and out of commission for a number of weeks after that and you have to imagine how disappointed I was when I, uh, after three weeks the thing was still going on without me. Because the Lord had to teach me. You need to lay down. Who do you think you are? I'm in control, not you. And the Lord laid me down. It was a great lesson to learn. If you're a workaholic, the Lord might have to lay you down. Psalm 127.2 says, It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. For he gives his beloved sleep. If you won't lay down, eventually the Lord is going to pick you up in the crib and put you down on your tummy and put his hand on your back and say, you need to rest. He makes me lie down. We get under great stress. We find ourselves comparing ourselves to each other. And I, I look at you in this area and you're better than me in that. And I look at somebody else in another area and they're better than me in that. And I look at somebody else in this area and they're better than me in that. And, and at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm no good at anything. And I forget, wait, wait, wait. The Lord made me. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And we start getting all stressed out and we compare ourselves to other people. And uh, sometimes the Lord might have to go, you know what? You need to lay down. You need to get into the green pastures. You need to see what I provided for you. You need to. He makes me lie down. Sometimes it comes under God's discipline. And we think that we can do what we want and uh, nobody's watching and nobody sees. And God in heaven sees and he is watching. And sometimes we come under the discipline of God and the discipline of God is his laying us down in the green pasture. Just like we've been learning, if we've quoted this verse a few times in the last few weeks, Hebrews 12, it's for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom the Father does not discipline? And sometimes that laying down in a green pasture might come out of our resistance to what God is trying to teach us, and he needs to make us lay down. 
Uh, sometimes we get our focus wrong and we get our priorities. We were talking about in the family series, it's God who is on the throne. You don't even have a throne. Your home is not your throne. God is on the throne. And we get the focus all wrong in that. And, and we think that our job is more important or, or we might think we're more important than God even in our lives. And he has to bring us to the place of refocusing. Um, Colossians 3, 2 and 3 says, set your minds on things above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And we get to a place of needing to refocus. And that's what happened to me with my ankle. I had to refocus. I had to get it right. This thing's not about me. This is about what God is going to do. Uh, Sometimes we need to uh, lay down to be restored. Uh, In two weeks, we're going to go to the next part of uh, Psalm 23. Uh, he restores my soul. It's an amazing passage about restoration and repentance and recovery and all that God does for us. Psalm 139.3 says, uh, you search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. He makes me lie down. But you're like that little kid whose mom and dad say, Sit down. No. No, no. Sit down. No. You're four. I'm big. Sit down. No. Clunk. Yeah, well, I might be sitting on the outside, but I'm still standing on the inside. See, that's the way we are so often with God. He said, I've got a green pasture for you. Lay down in it. But if you won't, he makes me lie down in green pastures. The green pastures are amazing when you think about it. When we think about green pastures in Ontario, we think about green and lush and how beautiful. We live in an amazing part of the world. But when you think about green pastures where this was written about in Israel, um, in, in, the, in the Middle East, um, it wasn't quite as simple as it is here. And uh, green pastures were the result of a shepherd who did a lot of searching. Everything that God has for you is all part of his plan and all part of his work. And so a shepherd would be out there and he would be searching and looking for the best pasture land that he could find for his sheep. sheep. But it took a lot of searching He makes me lie down in green pastures that the good shepherd has searched out for me. I said to you, for me, at one time, that looked a lot like a hospital bed. And that was my green pasture because that's where God had to take me to teach me the lesson that I had to learn. And and, and shepherds go out and it's their job to find the best pasture so that they can, all those things that sheep fear and are afraid of and dread, the, the, the good shepherd seeks to take care of those things. A good shepherd would be out there finding the best pasture land so the sheep could be as comfortable as possible and maybe, just maybe, they would lay down. And then when he found that pasture land, he would have to walk the whole area and he would have to uh, find out where the problems were in it. He would have to look and see where the hazards were, where were the stumps and the big rocks and and get those moved or or set aside. And he would go and see where the crevices were so that he could fill them in so a a sheep wouldn't run along and fall in and break its leg. And a, a good shepherd would search out the best land and he would do much work You see, the good shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ, has done that for us. And the pasture is sweet that he has for us. 
In Exodus 33, 14, he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. So not only does he go out and he search it out and work hard to make sure it's as beautiful and as, as good as possible for the sheep, but he goes, I'm going with you. You're not going alone in this. And so even if I have to pick you up and lay you down and put my hand on your shoulder and hold you there for a little while, it's for my glory and it's for your good. The pasture is sweet. But Paul Whittingstall's struggle and perhaps your struggle is we want pasture on our terms. We want what we think is best for us. He then makes me lie down in his pasture, the pasture that he has prepared for us, the pasture that um, he has provided for us, the pasture that he has made safe for us. And we may not always like it at first, but when we lay down and come under and understand, and then we see the way God works, the pasture is sweet. Here's the next thing I want you to see is that I need to be led. It says in verse two, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He leads me beside still waters. I need to be led. Sheep need to be led. Uh, We sang in one of the songs about the principle, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. You're not your own. You're a sheep. You belong to the shepherd and he leads you. He leads you to what? He leads you to uh, still waters. Reality check, we all need to drink water. We all need to drink um, fluids that are going to uh, rejuvenate us. It's important for all of us. Our body needs fluids. If we don't have them, we die. So he leads me beside still waters. Um, He got that as a shepherd. He understood how important that was. If the sheep didn't get water, the sheep would die. If the sheep didn't get pure water, the sheep would get sick. He understood that. It leads me beside still waters. Well, why do we need to drink? Well, I did this little study this week, and you can probably find a study that'll be similar to this, but 60% of adults' body weight and 74% of a newborn's body weight is water, making it the largest single substance in the human body. I tried to figure out why do babies have 74% water and adults have 60% water? The only thing I can come up with is just because we're a little bit more crusty. I, I don't have any science for that, but just as you get older, you get a little bit crusty and there's a little less water in you, I guess. I, I don't know, I have no idea. I made that up. We need water. If we don't have water, we die. What does the water do? Well, the water helps to carry nutrients to all the cells in your body. The water helps to carry away waste products from the cells. The water is essential for certain reactions that happen within your body. Water is important to regulate your body temperature. Water helps with the digestion of food. Water helps to lubricate your joints. Pretty important. Pretty important that we get water. 80% of the water that you or I take in comes from just whatever beverages you're drinking. The other 20% comes from the food that you eat. But if we don't have it, we die. A sheep needed water too. And so as David is writing this as a shepherd, he's just under the reality of what he used to go through as a shepherd to make sure that the sheep had water. He leads me beside the still waters. Uh, So for a sheep, the way they would get their liquids 
basically three sources for them. One would be if there was heavy dew on the grass as they're eating it, they would get a lot of their liquids that way. As a matter of fact, sheep could go for weeks without actually having to drink water if there was a lot of dew. Um, But they couldn't go forever because the reality is they needed clear, still water. Sheep don't like to drink water that's coming down a river that's flowing. They like it to be still. They like that sense of safety. And so it was the shepherd's job to provide it. And so that water really for them would come from one of two sources. It would come from a spring that would bubble up into a pond or it'd come from a well. If it came from a well, then the shepherd had to draw the water and pour it out into the trough so that the the sheep could come and drink it. But that was his job. His job was to lead them to good water, to clear water, to safe water so that they could drink. Well, why was that so important? Because sheep aren't that smart. And sheep will just drink whatever comes along. As they're walking along, if they're thirsty, they'll just drink it. And so sheep, as they're going along, are drinking from mud puddles and all kinds of stuff. And, and then they're getting sick because they, they don't have the ability to know the difference. I'm thirsty. I want what I want. I drink what I want. And so they're drinking out of a mud puddle. And they're getting sick. Some of you did that this week. The Lord offered to you the pure water. He offered to you everything that you needed. And you chose to drink out of a mud puddle. You wanted what you wanted more than what God wanted for you. And then you wonder why you can't lay down. Why can't I rest in the Lord? Well, maybe it's because you keep drinking out of mud puddles. And you find yourself sick, and then i got to get this fixed. Oh, Lord, what am I going to do? And He leads me beside still waters. Uh, God brings us to what we need, not only in the pasture, but also in the still waters so that we can drink and we can be refreshed and we can have life and we don't have to worry about being sick. But we're like the sheep. And we want the mud puddle more than we want what God offers to us, which is pure and safe and healthy. And hey, some of you are in the room right now, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You drank out of a mud puddle on Tuesday or a Thursday, and you come to church, and you're, I hope he doesn't get onto that thing again. And every week I get on it again. Hey, I can stick my snout in a mud puddle too. And it's amazing that we have a good shepherd who loves us, who is willing to forgive and restore and put us back into a right relationship. Remember last week when we said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not want what? I shall not want another shepherd. Was your mud puddle another shepherd this week? You knew what the Lord offered to you and you decided to take something else. I shall not want what another shepherd offers to me. Uh, Maybe that you saw things that you wanted this week and you knew where they they weren't for you from the Lord and you went and took them, you you just drank out of a mud puddle. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want another shepherd and I shall not want what another shepherd offers. He makes me lie down in green pastures. 
He leads me beside the still waters. He gives everything I need for purity and for righteousness. And he's given it all to us in the good shepherd, Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you don't know who Jesus is and you've never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, then this is a nice story about good shepherds and what they do, but you've missed the whole point of who is the good shepherd and what did he do. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, the Bible said, and that's what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us so that we could have green pastures, so that we could have still waters. Jesus Christ came and your snout was in muddy water and you were sick and dying and dead and the Lord Jesus Christ came and he offered to you eternal life so that you could have salvation because there's salvation under no other name. Only through Jesus Christ you will be saved. And the Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. Have you trusted the good shepherd today? Or are you a sheep that's wandering around just trying to do the best you can and you keep finding your snout in the muddy water? You want deliverance from that? It comes in salvation in Christ alone. It's simple faith, believing what Christ has accomplished for us on the cross Believing that his death and his burial and his resurrection was the right payment for your sin so that you can have eternal life. It's part of that pure water that's provided for us. You accept the fact that you are a sinner. You believe that Jesus Christ was the answer to your sin. You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You confess with your mouth and you will be saved. That's what the Bible says. It's all offered to us in the pure water that the good shepherd takes us to. But hey, follower of Jesus Christ this week, yeah, you've trusted Christ. You made a profession of faith. You've, you, you are in Christ. You, when you stick your snout in muddy water, you don't get kicked out of the flock, but rather the Lord is there, the good shepherd's there, and, and you had your snout in some mud this week. And you're here this morning, and You need to deal with that before the Lord. Because the great thing about the good shepherd is he's so forgiving and so restorative and that's what he has for us. Because none of us is perfect. There is none righteous, no, not one. And even as we go on in Christ, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all and all kinds of unrighteousness. And that's what the Lord offers to you today. But maybe you're scurrying around and you're trying and uh, and you won't lay down and today you're getting laid out. And you confess your sin and the healing that comes from repentance and confession and restoration, it's yours. Because a good shepherd finds good pasture for his sheep and the good shepherd leads us beside still waters so that we can be in a restored place, that God can do an amazing work in our lives. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Psalm 63, 1 and 2 says, O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary beholding your power and your glory. Are you a weary soul this morning? 
There's rest for the weary in the green pasture. And if the Lord has to take you there and lay you out in it for you to learn the lesson, he will do that. But if you can come to that place on your own of understanding and setting aside your fears and believing that God has prepared this for you and he's got a green pasture for you, then lay down in it. Trust him in it. And the still waters that he brings you to are pure and they're good because all of this will be for your good and for his glory. Well, so what? So what? Are you like that little kid who won't lay down? As you've heard this message today, are are you that little whiny kid standing beside the crib up there just shaking and going, I don't want to go to sleep. I don't want to go to sleep. And and you know that you're either going to lay down or the Lord's going to lay you down. But it's going to be in his green pasture. Are you drinking from the pure water that he offers to you? Are are you learning from his word? Are you resting in in what others in Christ are bringing you to and encouraging you in? Are are you leaning on those things or are you drinking out of the mud puddles? My so what is really about this point. We're not in this alone. We're not in this alone. The good shepherd is gonna provide all of those things for you that we've talked about. There are others around you to spur you on to love and good deeds, but there's an even greater hope that we have, and it's found in John chapter 7, 37 to 39. Take your Bibles and turn there. John 37, John 7, 37 to 39. It says this. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Ready? Now, here it is. Now, this he said about the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. He's going to lay us down. It's going to bring us to a place of restoration. The pure water is going to be there for that's what good shepherds do. But then in John chapter 7, Jesus gives us this. The Holy Spirit is going to be your helper. The Holy Spirit is the one who's going to be your strength. The Holy Spirit is the one who's going to guide you and give you the direction. But in the text, it says it had not yet happened yet because he had not been glorified. Well, he has been glorified now. The Lord Jesus Christ came. The Lord Jesus Christ lived. The Lord Jesus Christ died on a cross. The Lord Jesus Christ was buried. The Lord Jesus Christ rose again. And the Lord Jesus Christ has gone and is at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you. And the Spirit has been given. The Spirit of God that when you trusted Christ, you were baptized in the Spirit. You were dwelt in the Spirit. You were sealed in the Spirit. So you're not in this alone. You don't walk this journey by yourself. God's spirit goes with you. He's never leaving you. He's never forsaking you. And God's filling of his spirit comes to every child of God as we yield to obedience and grow up in Jesus Christ. What an amazing hope. I don't do this alone. Because God goes with me. He is my helper. 
He is my strength. Do you need to lay down? Are you afraid to lay down? Lay down. Trust God. Watch what his spirit will do. Now, don't think that um, the green pasture is going to look like that necessarily. Because the green pasture for a while might be like mine. It might look a lot like a hospital bed. It might look like whenever God needs to take you through for his glory and for your good. And he'll bring you to the clear waters and you drink of them. And get your snout out of the mud puddles. And allow God to do the healing work that's needed in your life today. So that he will get the glory. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want another shepherd or what another shepherd offers. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And he's given us his spirit. We're not alone. Let's pray. Lord God, this is your word. And we thank you for it. We thank you for the psalmist. He got it. He understood. He wrestled with all of these things. And came to the place of seeing what the good shepherd does. And how the good shepherd acts. And the things that he had learned. And that he could rejoice in. But Father, your son, Jesus Christ, he is our good shepherd laid down his life for the sheep. But Lord, my agenda to me sometimes seems more important. And I want what I want more than I want what you want. And I won't lay down. Lord, we understand and we come under the reality that uh, we can lay down or you will lay us down. Lord, make us willing to set aside our fears and our cares and trust you in the green pastures that you've provided and to drink from the pure water that you give to us. And to understand that your spirit goes with us. You'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. We are never in it alone. But you are our helper. Do all of this, we pray, for your glory. And for our good. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.